Hello and welcome to the Bloomberg Tech Disruptors podcast. In this podcast series, we talk with CEOs and management teams about their views on disruption and how it's driving their decision-making and strategy. My name is Mandeep and with me today is Shlomo Kramer, the founder and CEO of Cato Networks. Shlomo, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. You've been described as uh, the godfather of cybersecurity by some uh, articles and clearly, you know, you've got a very uh, rich background having worked uh, at uh, Checkpoint, co-founded Imperva. So, uh, I mean, you've seen how cybersecurity has evolved and uh, would love to start off with what uh, you're doing with Cato Networks and, uh, you know, really then we can get into the current cybersecurity landscape. Yeah, so so Cato Networks is actually kind of the third act in my career uh, in network security. Right? The first act was uh, Checkpoint and uh, Checkpoint was uh, not the first uh, firewall, uh, but it was the first network firewall. And the first firewall that uh, uh, was uh, not a professional services uh, project, uh, but a simple, you know, software on a floppy disk, if you still remember what that is. And you install it on your server and you've got everything up and running in five minutes. So that was a complete revolution. And we were off for the races because we brought something complex to be simple. Uh, the problem was that over the next 10 years, there were a bunch of other uh, uh, entrepreneurs uh, that had uh, similar simple ideas in security and uh, network security around things like URL filtering or anti-malware and uh, a bunch of other uh, uh, protection mechanisms. And things became complicated again because you had to install each one of them all on their own server and connect all of them, etc. So then came generation two, which you can say near Zook with Palo Alto and Kenzie with uh, uh, Fortinet led that. And the idea was to basically put all these uh, floppy disks into a single appliance. And now you don't need to install and connect anything. You just drop the appliance in the network and everything is simple again. So, you know, that's, I had, I was lucky enough to be able to uh, write the first check to Palo Alto Networks, sit on the board, was part of that second uh, act through the uh, success of uh, Palo Alto Network. And, um, but then, you know, uh, another decade passed and uh, again, complexity uh, arised because Appliances are very physical, they protect the location, and business has gone digital, and the perimeter has dissolved people, applications, microservices, IoT are everywhere. Uh, and appliances are not in the line of sight, and they do not see the traffic. So, you know, all sorts of patch uh, companies came about, Secure Web Gateway, Casby, ZTNA, etc., and the stack again that you needed as an organization in order to protect your network became very, very complex. And and here uh, we come to the third act, which is Cato. And uh, back in 2015, 
nobody uh, knew what SASE is. There was no SASE. We came with the concept that the new form factor has to be as fluid as the digital businesses and needs to be available anywhere, anytime, um, uh, to uh, uh, endpoints as well as cloud data centers, physical data centers, physical locations, IoT devices. Much like electricity, you need to plug in whatever you need to protect into the network and uh, you are protected. So the new form factor was a cloud network and security was converged into that cloud uh, network. Um, and that's what we've built uh, since 2015 from the ground up, still the only company that built that. Four years after we started, Gardner took this concept and uh, called it a uh, SASE. And in the famous uh, article, uh, uh, Neil McDonald uh, said that the future of network security is in the cloud. And then uh, we were all off for the races. All the appliance companies understood that their install base, tens of billions of dollars in worth of uh, uh, annual revenue in appliances are going to move to the cloud. And suddenly SASE became kind of center stage for network security and the word that defines its third act. Got it. Okay. So you mentioned quite a few terms there. And uh, look, uh, we've heard, you know, companies uh, roll out point products, uh, you know, for SD-WAN, for uh, secure web gateway, as you mentioned. And, and these uh, products obviously were effective for a while, but it seems like SASE is more of a term or the convergence of all of these point products yeah. to, uh, you know, bring a yeah. bundle solution. Is that the right way to frame it? I, I wouldn't call it bundle. I would call it a converged platform. And, and the word platform is critical here because you kind of throw out a number of categories like SD1 and, and, and others. And the key problem that uh, we came uh, uh, to solve was that the cybersecurity market uh, is broken for most organizations, for most enterprises. Because I don't know if uh, um, you've ever uh, stepped into the one of the exhibit halls at RSA uh, trade show, the big uh, cybersecurity trade show. There are hundreds, perhaps a thousand booths out there, each with their own widget, protecting a certain asset from a certain attack vector. And if you are a regular enterprise and you look at that and say, how the hell am I going to build my security uh, strategy and security solution from all of these things? I don't have the budget, I don't have the headcount, and even if I had it, I can't find it because there are 4 million uh, open recs right now for security experts. So the, the, there has to be a solution because these things are becoming more and more problematic, right? There's more attack vectors. There are more types of assets, IoT, medical devices, etc. And most importantly, the business, the digital business requires faster reaction, much more agility, 
uh, much more ability to uh, respond to the unexpected than ever before. So you need to change the economic model of uh, cybersecurity in order to fix it. And the way to do that is uh, through platforms. Platforms are the kind of the, 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 the elastic solution that can uh, uh, change uh, uh, the landscape and provide a kind of a, and heal this uh, broken market. And that, that was the concept behind SASI. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, what we are uh, going to continue and uh, deliver to the market. The fact that SASI is not a category, uh, it's a concept. And the concept eventually is that to, to bring, uh, uh, to create an, a platform-based IT security company. That's our ultimate goal. And SASI is kind of um, um, what Gartner kind of uh, captured out of that uh, mission. Now that, that makes sense. So uh, look, uh, I mean, when it comes to the points of vulnerabilities, you know, the most common hacks we hear about, it's either ransomware or phishing or some sort of identity attack. Right. Like, what do you think are the enterprises doing? I mean, if you are talking to a, a CISO or a CIO right now, how is he or she thinking about deploying their cybersecurity budget? So you're, you're right, you know, beyond the, uh, being a founder, I'm also an investor and in, in an angle to what's really painful for uh, enterprises out there is through uh, cyber insurance. And I have uh, invested in one, one uh, sitting on the board of uh, one of the leading cyber insurance companies. And you can see in the pie chart, really uh, the big uh, challenge are ransomware and then uh, financial fraud types of attacks uh, with phishing and other uh, attack vectors. Um, and, you know, that's, that's obviously what, uh, uh, what uh, companies are uh, uh, protecting, right? They are protecting their infrastructure, their network, uh, their applications, they need to still protect uh, also inside their land. You know, there's growing concern about OT security and IT security. They have a whole new um, uh, real estate in the cloud that needs to be uh, uh, protected. And and then there's the uh, the challenge of uh, layering, right? IT infrastructure, and then applications, and then data, and then business process, and 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 so on and so forth. And for all of that, the third dimension is that you need to start with posture management, reduce reducing the attack surface, uh, protection, detection, response, and closing. Uh, the loop with, again, uh, reducing the attack surface. So you see, this is a multidimensional challenge that uh, CISOs has to, uh, um, uh, to face. And it's, uh, again, becoming bigger and bigger uh, uh, throughout the years. It's not getting uh, any simpler. It, it is, but look, I mean, when it comes to how companies are thinking about their 
IT infrastructure. There is a clear shift to hyperscale cloud providers. Every company is trying to move as many workloads as they can to run more efficiently on public clouds. Um, yeah. I, I don't think there is a clear kind of breakout in that sense when it comes to cybersecurity. Yes, the cloud security providers like CrowdStrike and Zscaler have done well, but they're still relatively small when you compare them to you know the yeah. hyperscale cloud providers on the infrastructure side. So curious to hear how you think the market yeah. will uh, evolve. So, you know, uh, I would say that security has traditionally been a much more fragmented market. Again, I'll, I'll say it again. Because of the dynamics, you know, when you look at the hyperscalers, they solve a problem um, that, is, uh, that has two, uh, two, two sides to the equation, right? There's the vendor and there's the customer, right? The vendor and the customer can be an employee and its organization or a, a, a real client of an e-commerce application, but, but there are two players there and, and you provide a solution that, that addresses their mutual needs. The uh, cybersecurity market is fundamentally different because there are three players. There's the uh, 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 vendor, there's the customer, and there's the uh, attacker, the bad actor. And the bad, bad actor continues to innovate. And that innovation requires a much more innovation on the vendor side than in any other uh, IT uh, area, like compute and storage, which were the fundamental areas in, uh, uh, of the hyperscalers and, and even uh, data and uh, many other areas that, that they've eventually expanded to. So that, uh, and usually that innovation that uh, is so fundamental to the cybersecurity market comes from startups, uh, comes from uh, uh, new companies with, that has a very targeted product. So that's why you're seeing less giants and much more fragmentation than, and I don't think that that's ever going to, uh, 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 you know, we are ever going to see that level of consolidation as we see in other IT uh, areas. But we do have, as I, you know, not to repeat myself, we do have to have consolidation in areas that have cooled down and the checklist of what is needed in order to address the challenge has reached the point of, you know, we know what is needed so we can converge it to a platform and we can have a single vendor that is a strategic partner to us that provides this breadth of a solution. It's not going to be everything, but it's going to be a, a large portion, a, a major a partner to the CISO. And you know what? Everybody is talking about, I don't know if everybody is talking about it, but if you read uh, Palo Alto Network uh, last uh, investor uh, presentation, I, which I really uh, uh, appreciate their uh, a marketing capability, they talk about platforms as, as, as the solution to the problems of IT security. And other companies talk about platforms as well. But the reality is that they don't have the horses for it. 
and they don't have the horses for it is because that companies like Palo Alto has grown to be a hundred billion dollar company through acquisitions of point solutions. And you really can't create a platform company through acquisitions. You can't take two products and fuse them into a, a platform. It's not about the, the, the control plane. It's not about the UI. It's about really a, a single context, a single brain, a single data uh, layer that uh, makes this uh, decision. So you have to build it from the ground up exactly like Cato has done uh, to be a platform. Or, you know, CrowdStrike has done that on the endpoint, but it's really limited to the, uh, to the host versus where we play, which is much more the network. So, yeah, so maybe, um, maybe let's yeah. double click on, you know, the differences between uh, uh, a, a company like Cato Networks and Palo Alto Networks, uh, like right. in, in terms of workload security, given, you know, as I mentioned, a lot of the workloads are being run off on public cloud. How would a Cato Networks deploy that solution uh, whether it's a workload or, you know, a sequence of workloads that are being running yeah. uh, on public cloud. What, what, I'm, uh, I'm, what I'm sorry, my dear, if I don't have a solution for workloads. Uh, okay. Workloads is, is the, uh, the big other star that uh, is uh, called, uh, that's called in uh, Gartner talk, Gartner speak, it's called Synap. And, uh, you know, you've got players there like uh, Wiz, for example, um, uh, that are uh, platform players or uh, Aqua or uh, Orca and a number of, of players that are trying to be the, or uh, by the way, uh, uh, CrowdStrike that is trying also to expand to that. What we are bringing is today a platform that addresses network security. Uh, and that stack and, and it, and it addresses, uh, 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 basically all the layers of, uh, uh, network security, both the wider network, the, the, the LAN, etc. And uh, it's completely complementary to the Synap, uh, uh, world uh, on that. We compete with Palo and there we have a big difference. You know, if you come to protect your network. Uh, which, which is a huge market, obviously tens of billions of dollars, uh, with a panel, essentially you have a, a bundle or a portfolio of a, a, a solution that is built from their old appliances in virtual machine form thrown on Google cloud, which provides the network, uh, the hosting, the data. Uh, connected to with a cloud genics that they've bought for SD one, perhaps another company that they've bought for ZTNA and it's all duct taped uh, together, perhaps uh, with a UI that was, uh, 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 bolted on it. And, and you ask, and on the other hand, of course, with Cato, this is a, a, a platform that has a single uh, data plane, a single uh, context, a single, you know, everything was built from the ground up to be uh, uh, combined and converged. Um, and so you, you get uh, all the benefits. So uh, you're asking what are the benefits of that? 
Yeah, I can talk a, a long time about what, I mean, what look, is the I, different I, I benefits to that. Yeah, the main right. things that I, I guess uh, people on this podcast would care about is, is there a difference in efficacy? Is there a difference in time to deployment? Is there a difference in, you know, yeah, the exactly, exactly, exactly. There is our platform brings a completely different economics of how. Right, the the what is the same what, and we are replacing existing appliances, etc. But if you are a real platform, the economics of the how completely change. So, you know, it's time to deployment. It's uh, 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 ability to address business challenges. So, let me give you extreme examples. If if you'll give me a few minutes. A customer comes to us, uh, 180 locations, 50 countries. Uh, you know, not using Kato, got completely uh, burned by a, a ransomware, needs to build their entire infrastructure from the ground up. We do that in four weeks. This is a curveball that the business, uh, an extreme curveball, that the business sent the CIO way. And through our platform, we were able to save the business in less than four weeks. No other technology that is not platform-based can uh, achieve that or uh, a customer that now has a new ceo and cfo and they need to do three acquisitions a year that's a new business strategy with the same it department and they need to uh, be able to normalize the acquired companies uh, to their uh, uh, infrastructure and they are able to do that because we are a platform and we are able to normalize things, it's so easy to connect. You're protected, you have centralized policy, you've got all these things that are benefits of the platform, but from a business perspective, you're able to address uh, the business needs and so on and so forth. And the examples uh, continue. The key here is that the platform provides the ability to be ready for anything that comes your way from a business perspective in a much more effective way than um, a portfolio company like Palo Alto. Got it. So in terms of, uh, you know, the data that you have in your platform or your data lake, however you want to describe it, uh, right. Is that something uh, that gives you an edge in terms of protecting against unseen attacks or? Yeah, uh, 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 mm-hmm. absolutely. So, so essentially we have today the best advanced threat protection engine in the world that collects all this data uh, from all of our customers because we are the infrastructure, we are the network. We've got full visibility all the way to the end point and are able to collect this metadata into a huge data lake in the cloud. And, you know, over the last nine years, we've developed all these AI algorithms that hunt uh, for new types of attacks, uh, new types of anomalies, are able to test them quietly, uh, protection to them quietly on the customers and then install them and without the customer having to do any of the grant work, what is the benefit you're asking? The benefit is that when, when there's a new zero-day attack out there, we are the first one 
to come out with a solution. And we've done it and we've proved it a number, a number of times and protect the customers before they, they got hit uh, without them doing anything, which means that they can have very limited security stuff and still be the most protected organization, just like a Bank of America that has all the money and all the people in the world. And that's because we have huge visibility and huge data lakes and developed all these AI capabilities throughout the years. Got it. Uh, so I, I guess uh, just uh, on the solution side, does your solution require an agent or is it an agent-less architecture? Well, it's a, 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 basically it's a cloud network. Think about it like AWS for networking and network security. Um, we've got pops, all, almost 90 pops all over the world. Uh, and uh, you plug into that network. You plug with an SD1 device for your physical location. Uh, you, you can plug with an agent on your laptop if you're a remote user. You can use a cross-connect for your cloud data center. You can use IPsec for uh, if, if, if you wish to. So there are multiple ways to connect to our cloud network and immediately, like electricity, immediately get uh, the security. Some of them are agent, some of them are agent. And is there a particular a vertical where you have done well in terms of uh, where your customers are or the size of companies where your solution seems? So in terms of verticals, we address all, all verticals and, uh, and um, you know, this, this, this is going to affect the entire industry. It's, it's not, uh, it's not uh, focused on any vertical. But from a size of organization, we had a very different uh, approach than traditional security companies that usually go to the top of the pyramid because that's where the money is, that's easier to target. You don't, uh, uh, um, you know, you know what, who, who are the usual suspects. We went to the mid enterprise, to the large enterprises, the entry point, because that's where the, uh, pain of complexity and lack of resources and lack of talent is most acute. And, and there we had a, a, a lot of success. And as the market matures, uh, we've climbed up uh, uh, and are now serving multi-million dollar, you know, got $5 million uh, ACB type of customers. And eventually we'll get to the $50 million ACV customers. It's, uh, we are ready for that. The reality is that it's more of the maturing of the market than it's maturing of our solution. It's the market that needs to uh, adopt this converged network plus network security that many times are very different buying center in the organization a motion of a, a buying a solution, but we are seeing this happening, you know, every year. Talk with me, with me next year, we'll have a $10 million uh, uh, um, ACV customer. So ARR customer. So um, yeah, the market is and, mature and, and we are going what, uh, up market. 
and what do you think will be the main catalyst for that larger ACV? Would it be a higher profile attack? You know, uh, enterprises getting no, scared it's, about. No, it's 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 yeah. it's uh, it's uh, it's um, uh, SASE gaining more traction in single vendor SASE. Uh, it was not always clear that single vendor SASE is going to win. Uh, companies such as Zscaler, Netscope. Checkpoint uh, were uh, promoting uh, dual vendor SASE, uh, which is kind of what Gartner defined in order to enable kind of network and security coming from two different vendors. In the last uh, uh, year, it's clear that single vendor SASE has won and customers are wanting to buy both the network and the security from the same vendor. And we are seeing larger and larger customers, CIOs of larger and larger customers, buy into this vision of single vendor SASE and are driving their uh, separate buying centers to make a single strategic uh, decision. So that's very interesting. I mean, you're right. So far, uh, you know, the way security uh, vendors have kind of sold to enterprise customers is okay, uh, we'll standardize on uh, Okta for identity, we'll use Zscaler for the proxy, and we'll use CrowdStrike for the endpoint. But you're saying uh, even for that SASE uh, uh, deployment, you can consolidate from three vendors to one vendor uh, uh, who can do identity, right. so, uh, yeah. network, and endpoints, everything? So. So, so let me give you a specific examples. Uh, um, uh, say Carlsberg, a large customer, uh, 200 locations all over the world. Every beer the manufacturer is on our infrastructure, uh, on our network, and uh, uh, protected by, by our security. Uh, we replaced the three different, if I remember correctly, right? Three different telcos uh, around the world that provided MPLS for their network, uh, Zscaler, uh, Fortinet, uh, and some other solutions, right, that provided uh, uh, sec uh, security appliances, firewalls, as well as cloud security proxies, uh, uh, secure web gateway, and other functions. So, yeah, absolutely. Every account that we go into, we replace on average, three or four different other companies. Uh, what did uh, today? They, like in this case, what were they using for identity? Just curious, since I, I feel identity. I have. Uh, I, I. I'm. I'm not sure that I'm in a position to uh, uh, to okay. say because they're using it still. Okay. Uh, but we, are, we right now we don't converge identity. Uh, okay, makes uh, sense. We, we okay. really focus on infrastructure security. Okay, and, and so recently uh, Microsoft has launched its security copilot. Is that a trend yeah. that you think uh, we'll see from other vendors as well? And what yeah, absolutely. So, so even even to, yeah, even today with our uh, solution, you can absolutely uh, uh, get you know in, in uh, our detection and response, we implement large language models that not only provides you with the incident, but explain in plain English what, uh, what happened. In an amazing way, they are also able to uh, extract the uh, organizing principle 
behind that uh, incident. Uh, I, I was really blown away by uh, uh, mm -hmm. by this. Uh, so I, even today sure we've got that. If you were blown away, it better be good. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and uh, and and you would see uh, co-pilots in in, for example, Cato in. Uh, many other areas of our uh, platforms. And I expect uh, uh, other security companies uh, to have uh, that sort of capabilities. Great. So we'll now pivot to the, like our, we call it the rapid fire uh, kind of round where we'll, we'll have uh, a few questions, but you can keep your answers brief uh, just so that we can okay. cover you know, more topics. Uh, any uh, misconceptions that about Cato Networks that you want to uh, clear on this podcast? Yeah, I think that uh, we started at the mid-enterprise, but today we are, you know, serving uh, high-end enterprises and and eventually we'll, we'll serve any size of uh, enterprise. Role of automation in cybersecurity and what do you think will be the biggest kind of uh, application of automation uh, in the next two years? I, I think that grant work and the lack of talent uh, is a huge issue and the ability to automate uh, the, the grant work is uh, uh, going to be crucial in order to provide better uh, security for organizations. Will, will we see a security specific large language model uh, in the next 12 months? Uh, I believe so, yeah. I strongly believe so. Actually. Well, what do you think is the best way to measure the efficacy of uh, your solution or for that matter, competing solutions when it comes to uh, convincing the CISOs and CIOs? I, I, I think that uh, uh, there, there are, there's the what, what type of security we provide today, and there's the how, which is uh, contemplating 10 different possible business requirements or security requirements that may come down the road and testing the system uh, with it. Uh, it's not about what, uh, what, uh, where the puck is today, but where the puck is going. Got it. And uh, between uh, users, uh, devices, and workload security, which one uh, do you think would be uh, the biggest market over the next one to two years? Uh, I think uh, uh, it's hard to tell. All of them are going to be big and eventually all need to be served by a single plan. Got it. And uh, lastly, uh, how big of a threat do you see uh, hyperscalers would be in terms of the out-of-the-box security, whether it's Microsoft or Google, they all have security offerings uh, when it comes to uh, smaller companies, uh, how big of a threat do you think hyperscalers are? No, I, I don't think they are going to be a significant threat. Microsoft is not, uh, you know, even on the endpoint, it's, it's, uh, it, it has a lot of revenue, but it's not, um, um, you know, but on the other areas of security, they don't have the reputation or the abilities. And, and the other hyperscalers uh, have very limited on-prem uh, capabilities, which are essential in addressing uh, real security threats. Actually, I have one more. So what could go wrong uh, with the assumptions that you are making about the future? 
that I'm, uh, what can go wrong, that the future is going to be different than what I imagine it to be. Uh, it's, it's very hard to make prediction, especially about the future. Somebody said that. Great. Uh, look, uh, Shlomo, it's been wonderful uh, having you on this podcast. I, I think well, we covered uh, a wide range of topics around both uh, your company as well as uh, the overall cybersecurity landscape. Uh, really enjoyed the discussion and uh, would love to have you back as well at some point uh, in the future. But uh, uh, I do know you have plans uh, to go public. I'm not going to put you on the spot in terms of when that's going to happen. Uh, but uh, I, I can't answer that. It yeah. depends in the yeah. markets, not not only on yes. us, right? I, I know, which is why I didn't bring it up uh, during our discussion. Yeah. But uh, wish you the very best uh, for uh, an idea. Thank you very much.